cannot believe I have been doing this show for one year. This is crazy. I'm really honored that you all would even sit here and listen to the show for this long. <laughs> um, even if you're new or whatever, like I'm just honored that you have joined me on this journey. And if you've been following me for a while on social media, then you know that I like to switch things up a lot. And for me to be consistent with this, <laughs> um, that's saying a lot. I really love doing this show. I've always wanted to have a podcast, like literally since I was a teenager. Um, like, yeah, I would say uh, for at least, you know, 10 to 12 years, I've wanted a podcast. Like I liked podcasts before they were cool, before they were popular. And I always saw, I saw the vision. Okay. So <laughs> this show, um, like I said, I'm just so grateful to have you all that are listening as supporters. I'm grateful that all of you, um, have been sharing the show and I'm just grateful for everyone that's supported this and continued listening. The people that listened from the very first episode up until now, like y'all are amazing. Um, and I just want to give some background on how this started, why this started, and explain a bit more in detail like where the show is going. And I'm also going to break down the top 10 moments on the show so far. It was really hard to pick 10 moments because... I have my idea of what the best moments are, but then based on y'all's feedback and what I remember you all reacting to, I know that there are certain, you know, certain things that are more exciting to y'all that happen on the show. So I tried to like combine my favorites with y'all's favorites, but, um, <laughs> but before I get into that, I do want to give a special shout out and a thank you to Gabby Dorsey. If you're a new listener, then you may not know this, but uh, last year when I first started the show, I had a co-host and her name was Gabby. And Gabby is a realtor here in Dallas and she's a single mom and she's mixed and she just brought a lot of um, things to the show that I didn't. And I knew that when I started the show, um, I don't know, there, a part of me felt like I was not relatable to most people. And I think a lot of times people assume things about me <laughs> that are not always true. But that was because at that time, I wasn't very transparent online. I didn't share a lot about my personal life. I didn't share a lot about anything outside of my business. And I knew that. I knew that people would probably write off the show just because they had preconceived ideas about me or they might have thought like, I don't want to sit and listen to Donnie talk about whatever she's going to talk about. <laughs> I think if I was talking about business and strictly business on the show, then I think, yes, um, people would definitely tune in, right? Like that's always a topic I can win with. But I hadn't shown those other sides of myself much um, on the internet. So I was a little nervous and I was like, I need a co-host. I need somebody to make this feel more relatable. And Jasmine, my best friend Jasmine, Shout out to Jasmine. Um, she was like, what about Gabby? Because we went through a number of people, um, people that have no idea I even considered having them as co-hosts, but we went through a number of people and Gabby came up and I was like, I don't know Gabby like that. I, I knew Gabby, but I didn't know her like that, like enough to know her personality, enough to know much of anything about her. Um, most people associate her with her sister, Amber. And they are often seen to, seen together as a duo. And um, 
I hadn't really seen Gabby do much on her own um, except for her clothing line. So I was like, okay, well, I need to kind of get to know her first before doing this. And because Jasmine was just like, I know her. I think she'll be great. Like, I see it. I see the vision. And I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> so we can try it. And um, when I hit up Gabby, she was totally down to do it. Totally down. I don't know if she really understood what I wanted to do. I don't even know if I was able to articulate it well, what I was trying to do, but she was down. Like she was just open and she went with the flow. She was um, really easygoing. Like she was not very demanding or anything like that. She wasn't hard to work with whatsoever. Like she just really went with the flow. And when we started the show, she definitely brought things to the show that I could not speak on. Like, I am not a mom. I am not um, a realtor. Like, n- not that everyone that listens to this is a realtor, but I think a lot of times when people look at my career, um, a lot of people feel like the things that have happened to me can't really happen to everyone. Like, it was, you know, like, my story is just not the most relatable. <laughs> so, and I get that. I totally get that. <laughs> my point is, she brought things to the show that I think a lot of people really enjoyed listening to and they liked hearing. And I appreciate her for being on the show. I really love um, a lot of those episodes that we did together. And she was here for all of season one. So if you want to go back and listen to that, then totally go listen. Um, they're all still there. <laughs> you can still listen to all those episodes. But but I, I think one of the things that we struggled with from day one up until now, um, was scheduling. Like it was always a thing. And that was why a lot of times the episodes were not always consistent. Like we would be here and then like you wouldn't hear from us for like a week or two and then we'd be back or whatever. And that was hard. Like we, we did really good the first few months and then things fell off. And then, um, and I wouldn't say they fell off, but like we just wouldn't post an episode for like a week or two at a time, sometimes three, four weeks. And that was not good whatsoever. So um, the very last episode that we did together was at the very end of last year. Uh, It was actually at the end of November. We did this episode at the end of November and, or maybe like first week of December, somewhere in there. And I remember both of us, (laughs) both of us had just been through the ringer Uh, I don't know what it was about last year. It was just really trying for both of us. And we, like, I just remember every time we would catch up, we were just like, okay, I'm going through all these things. And then we would look, like, literally we would both be going through similar things or, like, we would just both be in shock by each other's stories because the amount of things that we were going through was just ridiculous. So (laughs) we were, at that moment, it was like she... At, I've, I noticed that there were other things in her life that were more of a priority, which is totally understandable. Like I said, she's a single mom. She's a realtor. Um, and if you don't understand what it's like to be a realtor, you're driving all over town constantly. Like you were going from city to city, town to town constantly. And she just like was not like literally it was hard um, at that time. When we were trying to start season two, it was hard for us to get like a consistent time on the calendar, but also to find a consistent place because both of us are in transition as far as our living situation. 
and we didn't have a place like that we could consistently record at. So it was like trying to coordinate schedules, trying to coordinate locations and all these different things. It was just like, it was just so difficult. And it was just like, okay, we have to just make a decision at this point. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I was able to line up so many good interviews and I was like, okay, maybe for now, it will just be me and I will just interview people. And that's just how it'll go. Because um, before that point, I was the one editing everything. I had all the equipment anyway. So it was like, if anything was going to happen with the show, it was going to be up to me to make it happen because I have all the things. Uh, <laughs> and um, she never like, she never was um, really like into all the analytics and stuff like that. She would look at them from time to time, but like I was more so the the technical person behind everything making it happen. So um, yeah, so I was just like, okay, well I'm just gonna continue doing it. And then if we end up figuring out a situation where we can record and stuff later, then we can totally do that. But for now, because I was ready to keep going, y'all kept asking where the new episodes were. And so I was like, okay, got to make a decision and just move forward. And um, that's what I did. And I love Gabby the Pieces. Like I said, she can totally come back eventually. But I um, I'm really happy, happy with the direction that season two has gone in. And I'm happy with the response. I'm happy that y'all are enjoying it. And I'm so blessed to have the guests that we've had on the show. The, the, the guests, honestly, are dream guests, like truly dream guests. And I think a lot of times because of um, the way that I come across online or whatever, people would think that um, all of these things are normal for me to like. And, and yes, to a certain degree, yes, it is totally normal for me to have conversations and mingle with these people that I have on my show. Um, but there are also people that have been on the show that are very much like, like just people that I look up to people that I have watched for years. And to bridge that gap of like going from watching somebody and admiring someone on the online to literally being cool with them, like that's just interesting. And um, so yeah, y'all got to see me like be a dork and geek out over interacting with these people <laughs> and having long because I think that's the thing it's like it's one thing to like interact and dm and have short little conversations but to get to talk to somebody that you really admire and interact with them on a deep level for over an hour like that I couldn't ask for anything more than that like <laughs> and also that and also I'll say this when you do a podcast and you interview people it puts you in a position to ask questions that you would be a little more nervous to ask naturally um in a conversation with someone that you're trying to get to know like I can just ask you all kind of stuff like be all in your business and it's normal and I just love that so <laughs> like if I was meeting these people normally I probably wouldn't even be saying or asking half the questions that I'm asking in these interviews um, or it would take a while, like we'd have to get comfortable in order for me to ask those questions. So anyway, y'all, I, I just, like I said, I love doing the show. And um, outside of that, I think outside of just people that I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I interviewed them. There have also just been people where I'm just like, after interviewing them, like I already thought that they were dope, um, you know, from watching them online. But like after I interviewed them, 
I'm like, oh my gosh, these people are amazing and I want to be best friends. Like, so yeah, it's helped me make so many good connections and, um, but also too, like the people that have already, that I've already been cool with having them on the show is always so much fun. Like so much fun. Those are my, some of my favorite days when I get to interview my actual friends or people that I actually know, because, um, I can like, I know how to maneuver in that conversation a little different. So those um, moments are always so fun. And moving forward on the show, I I really want to, um, how do I say this? I really want to add another layer of vulnerability to the show. I want to get more personal. I want to do some more solo episodes. Um, I'm wanna. I'm gonna have my sister on the show for sure. She's been begging me to be on the show. For those that don't know, I have a little sister. She is ten years younger than me, <laughs> and so um, I have a really good idea for an episode that I think you guys will enjoy. Where I'm gonna have her on the show, and um, I also want to have my best friend on the show, Jasmine, and um, a few other people. But I just want to be. I want to be more transparent and open with you guys and um, because I think now that I do so many interviews on the show I don't get to share as much of me not that y'all care to hear about me but (laughs) sometimes those are the episodes y'all enjoy the most when I get to be vulnerable and share something that's a bit more relatable so um yeah I want to do more of that for sure and uh And also, of course, we're going to do way more amazing interviews. I have so many interviews that I haven't put out yet that I'm like, oh, I cannot wait for you guys to hear them. I can't wait for you guys to listen to them because they're just so good. They're so good. Um, And I'm just excited. Like, I think as time goes on, I'm getting better at doing these interviews. And hopefully y'all can tell that. (laughs) Hopefully, maybe, maybe y'all don't think so. I don't know. But hopefully. So, yeah, if you want to celebrate this anniversary with me the way you can do it is by leaving a review on um apple podcast or spotify all or just subscribe on youtube like literally i'm we have we have way more listeners on apple podcast and spotify and that was really because for a long time a long time we weren't really keeping up the youtube channel <laughs> i didn't really start keeping it up until like the last month or two. So I like, yeah, it was like two months. Um, so that's totally understandable, but I promise you guys, I keep it up now. And, <laughs> and, um, I would love, this is a thing which y'all don't understand. I know like leaving reviews, it's like something that you might think of like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna do it. And then you don't do it. I totally get it. I do it all the time. But um, when you leave a review and you just take the time and you can do it anonymously, like people will not know it's you. You can leave it under an anonymous name. Um, But leaving reviews, it really helps tremendously, like pushing us on the um, charts, like on Apple uh, or just even getting us recommended to more people. Like literally it helps tremendously. So every review counts. So if you could, if this podcast has inspired you or helped you in any way, or you've ever said any piece of information that was valuable that you needed to hear, or you it just helped you pass time, I don't know. If, you, <laughs> if you've enjoyed it at all, please, 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 I am begging. Please just leave a review. 
Um, cause that just helps us so, so much or helps me so much. Um, but yeah. And then also I do want to say a big thank you to my podcast coordinator, Melly. Melly is a huge part of the show. People don't know that she helps, but she's a huge part of the show. She is the one that uh, schedules all the interviews. She's the one that actually comes up with a lot of the questions for the um, interviews as well. She helps to find guests. Like, Melly is the GOAT. Like, she's um, a big help with the show. So I just want to say a huge thank you to her. She's helped with um, season two. And um, I've definitely been a lot more organized (laughs) because of that. And that's helped me push out a lot more content um, way more consistently. So uh, we we appreciate it. We really do. So anyway, enough of me being sappy. Like I said, thank you for listening. And on to the top 10 moments. Okay, so this was really hard. Like I mentioned, this was really hard for me to pick the top 10 moments because... There were just so many good moments. There were moments that I just was like, I don't know. And and also, too, I'll say this, because I wanted to pick, like, each each moment, of course. I'm not going to pick multiple moments from one show, like, run, one episode. So it was just really hard to narrow down, like, what to pick. Because some of y'all really just like the whole episode for certain people and not just specific moments. So hopefully I picked the right ones. If I didn't... You can let me know. I'd love to hear what your favorite episode was. Um, I feel like Dora right now. Dora, on um, Dora, she'd always be like, what was your favorite part? <laughs> yes, please tell me what your favorite part was of the show. Um, but let's get into the countdown. So, and, and this is not in any particular order, okay? I really cannot pick the top of the top in the, the I don't know. Like, I'm not doing it in order of the best to least or, or I mean, what? The, the best to the worst or whatever. I'm not doing any of that. But anyway, first, the first moment that I wanted to highlight was a moment from the very first episode of the show. And during this moment, this kind of set the tone, I think, for the show. And this is why I say Gabby added so much to, to the show that I couldn't. But um, on this episode, one, please, please, if you were not a day one listener, then please excuse the sound because I had no idea what I was doing with the equipment. Like, absolutely no idea. So this sounds so raggedy, and I apologize. But um, (laughs) in this clip, there's humming, okay? So if you just can't take it, just fast forward, like, six minutes or whatever. But um, in this clip, Gabby is speaking about her experience when she was pregnant and having to – she was pregnant, like, really young, and having to walk into church um, after found, finding out that she was pregnant and um, she wasn't married or anything at this time. She was really young. And she just talked about what that experience is like. And I feel like it's really relatable. And um, I just loved it because I didn't know we were going to get that vulnerable in episode one. So, yeah, here it is. I stopped caring what the church thought of me mm-hmm. the day that I walked in pregnant by myself. Now that was that was probably one of the the toughest things that I did because like my mom wasn't going to church that day and coming home like I was a freshman in college and got pregnant so oh okay so I came home by the time I was going to church it was like summertime he was doing September so I was big yeah and I hadn't gone to church because I'd been at school all year Mm -hmm. so I was like well I need church because I was going through like a lot so I was like people are gonna stare at me but like I'm just gonna have to suck it up like 
you're, are you really a Christian at church judging me? Or yeah. what are you right. doing? Like, because at the end of the day, I'm going to have this kid whether or not, like, yeah. I'd rather y'all see me pregnant than me walk in and y'all don't even know I had an abortion. Like, so what's worse? That, no, yeah. So I had to, like, give myself that pep talk of, like, okay, Gabby, you can do it. Like, wow. girls go in there all day, have an abortion, and nobody knows. And yeah, no like, knows. oh, she's so wonderful and perfect. Like, mm-hmm. y'all can look at me flawed and all and just have to accept me. My mom, my mom literally went through the same thing, um, except she went to church. Okay, so she got pregnant with me when she was um, in her senior year of high school, mm-hmm. okay? And when she finally told everyone she was pregnant, my grandparents made her go to the front and, like, with the pastors or oh whatever. Oh, my God. I couldn't. And, like, she apologized. <gasps> and, like, yeah, it was, it was a lot. Um but yeah, and they prayed for her and stuff like that. But yeah, I can only imagine how that felt because I know people were definitely judging, and mm-hmm. it was probably a lot. And yeah. you went by yourself. By you didn't have your I didn't have no one with me, yes. so I was like, I know sitting down, people are like looking, like, how old is this girl? Like, yeah, yeah, I was nineteen wow. and pregnant. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. It's just like we're human. Like, is it really the end of the world? People, she, like, people are human. People make mistakes. People right. do things. Right. Just because you don't know what they did doesn't make them less innocent. Exactly. No, exactly. That's that's my only thing with the whole getting pregnant thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> the whole getting pregnant thing, like, he's pregnant. She's <laughs> not. Right. That, that's the thing. No, I'm kidding. I'm not pregnant. Thank God. Um, <laughs> I just don't need to be a mom. Um, <laughs> no, I shouldn't say that. I would be a, a wonderful mother, but, like, I just, just don't right want now. to be a mother. Yeah. Um, but what I was trying to say was um, that my whole thing with the whole getting pregnant, you know, and not being married and all that stuff, that's so irritating to me that people shame those people so much because people are out here having sex every day. So just because there's physical evidence that this person was having sex, just why are we shaming them? Because they were fertile, right? I mean, they should be ashamed just because they right. had the courage to move forward with the child, right? Because if that's the case, everybody in the church should be ashamed of themselves. Because whether you're doing it now or before you were married, you were probably doing it. Like, like that just doesn't make any sense to me, and it's really stupid. Um, and I think it's really crazy because a lot of the times the adults that are shaming the young people that get have pregnant been through that have been through that themselves or have had an abortion. And yes. it's like now like being younger and like an abortion was like a huge thing of like, you just don't get an abortion. Like, I don't know what's wrong with you. You're crazy. Yeah. But then getting pregnant at such a young age, like I thought about having an abortion, like it crossed yeah. my mind mm-hmm. and I felt ashamed that I even thought about it. But I was like, yeah, I was 18 when I got pregnant. I was right. 19 when I had them. So I'm like. What am I going to do? I don't even have a job. I don't have health right. insurance. My dad had just cut me off. I didn't have anything. Wow. So I was like. Dang, he cut you off at 19? Well, oh, you mean like. So like my parents were divorced. And so okay. when either your child turns 18 or goes to college, then you no longer have to cover them on your insurance. So I had no insurance. Wow. So I got pregnant and had to go get Medicaid or Medicare, which one of those two. Mm-hmm. Got on WIC. Like I didn't even have a car. So I'd have to like ask wow. people to drive me to these offices. I'm so sorry. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> You're like, I'm fine. I wonder, like, when I, when I went to therapy and the therapist would, like, tell me, like, ask me, like, say things or whatever. She's like, Gabby, you just say this so nonchalantly. And I was like, yeah. well, I mean, it happened. Like, 
And no, I think I grew okay, up. Though? I grew up so like nonchalant of like that's just how it is. Like mm-hmm. graduating college is not so no huge party. Like that's yeah. what's expected. Wow. So like, what else were you gonna do? Were you not gonna graduate? Like you had no other option. That's literally how I felt growing <laughs> up. And like, <laughs> like that's like this is the steps in life that you're supposed to take, and you take them. Like, yeah. There's no other way to go out. Like, yeah. No, I not actually gonna graduate college. Like, I didn't have a graduation party for college. Like, yeah, we went yeah. to dinner afterwards, but yeah, it was just like, yeah, Gabby graduated, even though I graduated in three years with a child. On to clip two. So the second moment that I want to highlight is <laughs> this is a really funny moment to me. Um, on one of the episodes, this is this is the point where I could tell me and Gabby were getting really comfortable together and on camera. Um, But in this episode, this is like the beginning of the episode, like we're supposed to be starting the episode and um, somehow we start talking about Gabby's toes. And so (laughs) if you know, you know what this is about to be, but this is just a funny little moment on the show. And I think this was when people started realizing like, oh, they're not just talking about like boring things on the show. So yeah. Here we go. This is it. Sorry, my braids are real tight. <laughs> no. <laughs> she needs a temple massage. Um, Gabby is giving... What are you giving today? She is giving... Just... Trying to make it through life. Okay. Anyways, like island goddess is what she's oh, giving. okay. I'm giving island goddess. Yes, with her braids and then her fresh nails. If y'all can see her toes, like everything, it's just giving island because she's about to go on vacation. Okay. Oh, oh, y'all got the toes. Okay. We need to charge for that. Don't do that anymore. We're going to charge for that one. <laughs> we're going to have a, a wealthy woman only fans. Don't show your toes anymore unless we're paying. Y'all got to pay for that. Okay. Yeah, because my All toes right. actually go in order. <laughs> you know, some people, their second toe is like longer than their big toe. My second toe isn't longer than my big toe on either one of my Wait, feet. It's so bad. She's it goes like, down like. My toes actually going <laughs> and I knew exactly like, what she meant. A lot of people's second toe is just like, this is the big toe and this is the second toe. And she's like, I'm mad that I knew exactly what she meant right away. I, I mean, you can't help it. That's how you were born. Look. But I'm just like, mine don't do that. My toes oh, go in order. Are you showing your toes now? I just wanted to let y'all know <laughs> that I'm not a cricket toe. <laughs> We are cricket toe hoes over here. This is not how the podcast was going to start. But you just never know. (laughs) Welcome to the Wealthy Women Podcast. (laughs) Where are our toes going? (laughs) I promise we're sober, okay? The third clip I want to play, um, or the third moment that I want to highlight, is on an episode where we were talking about dating and high-value men. (laughs) And at this time last year, I think this was like the time where all of the male podcasters, like that was just such a thing that everyone or all the women we love to joke about and make fun of them. I mean, and for good reason, because they sound ridiculous, you know, like they sound ridiculous. But (laughs) at this time, of course, the whole conversation and the conversation has been this for the last few years about like high value men and getting a high value man and being a high value woman or whatever. So in this clip, um, we're discussing dating and I'm discussing my requirements for um, 
I wouldn't even say just for being with me, but I just say, I, I think I clarify it in this clip, but I, it's my requirements for anyone that I'm going to spend time with. I, we don't even have to be together, but if I'm going to spend time with you for an extended amount of time, then, um, or just talk to you on a serious level, I'm explaining what my requirements are. And the feedback on this was very interesting. Even Gabby, her reactions to me is very funny. Um, but yeah, let's just get into it. <laughs> So I always talk about how whoever you decide to get in a relationship with is so not even in a full relationship, just who you decide to spend your time with. Okay. It's so important. So important. So impactful. And the last two people that I decided to spend my time with um, on a serious level, I will say that they have contributed tremendously to me even seeing that where I could be is possible or in me getting here, honestly. Um, no, it wasn't a thing of like them, like going out of their feel way. bad or saying like doing everything for you. Right. Exactly. They weren't doing everything for me or making me feel like I'm stupid for not doing certain things. But by me being around them, I saw what was possible for me. And I think it's so important. Okay. So, what we were really going to talk about was <laughs> we were going to talk about how um, a lot of times with there's like this whole conversation about high value men and high value women and mm -hmm. getting things from men and how to do all of this stuff or whatever. Right. Because men are raggedy. And so men are raggedy. they are like, let's be honest. Um, even when I was talking to my grandfather this past weekend and he was even saying he was like, um, yeah, the only reason everything is the way it is, is, is because women put up with, like, it's literally because of what we put up with. Well, like, I've had a guy <laughs> tell me, like, women run the world. Like, yeah. literally, like, we control what they do. Yeah. And so because we allow them to be, they are raggedy. Because we allow them, no, literally. And, and because, I'll say this, with men, how do I say this without getting too personal? Okay. Because <laughs> I... I don't want to get phone calls after this episode. So with men, nine times out of 10, they are quick to say, um, well, no, I won't say all men. That's not true. Certain men that I've come across, um, if they think they are really like, high, I'll say high value men. Okay. High value men. Okay, because the ones that are not high value, they, they're like, okay, yeah, I'm trash. You know, like a lot of times they'll say it to you. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm raggedy. I, I've done some stuff, right? But high value men, a lot of times, these men will think that they are the prize. Okay? So, <laughs> I don't feel like all of high value men feel that way. No, but some of them do um, to a certain degree. Like, they just feel like, I, like, how dare you do any of the things you're doing? <laughs> That you're lucky I, you're that even I, talking to me. Right, you're lucky that you're even talking to me. Um, and so, but a lot of times they have that, because of that energy, they do not take accountability for what they do or they don't take time to work on themselves in between relationships. And the reason they don't is because it's not going to stop them from getting another woman. I, I have a question. Okay, what? Were both of these men the same ethnicity? Yes. That's the thing. Oh, it is? So I need to date white men. <laughs> no, but they weren't just black men. Okay. That's what I'm saying. What Were do you they mean? they both African. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so not to like diss African men because. Oh, no. Oh, no. 
I mean, I think, you know, they're gorgeous. Okay, bye, guys. (laughs) This next moment that I want to highlight, this is really a cute moment with Lynn Allure. She was the very first interview that we did with anyone outside of us. And I I was so happy to have her on the show. She's always been such a sweet uh, supporter and person towards me. And I was so happy to have her on the show because she just has such genuine um, energy. Like, she's such a girl's girl. And I appreciate that. But in this clip, we were talking to her about how she started her YouTube. And um, <laughs> she mentions a quote that I absolutely love of hers. And I've taken it on now. And I pretty much live by it. Um, and I'll let her say it in just a second. But as we are talking to her about how she started her YouTube channel, she starts telling us about an old channel that she had before her channel now that has blown up on YouTube. And what she was doing on this channel was hilarious. And I did not expect her to say this whatsoever. And it just had me hollering, like, to this day. Like, this is the funniest thing um, that I would have never expected her to say. So let's get into this clip. When you initially started, like, you didn't tell your family or friends that you were Mm -hmm. starting your YouTube. So what made you not tell? Because I feel like a lot of times people are, like, shy of not telling. Was yeah. it like ashamed or scared of like what they were going to say or what made you not tell them? Um, you know, I have this saying, I'm always saying, keep it secret till it's secure. I've been living by this like forever. Um, okay. And I think, I like that. yes, keep it secret till it's secure with everything. I, I like my business ventures, my relationships, like everything. Um, and I think before you're like very secure in what you're doing, outside voices have way too much of an impact on on your moves, right? Even if you're strong-minded, you'll tell yourself like, oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm still gonna do what I want. But in the back of your mind, whether you like to admit it or not, it's gonna have an impact on how, how you move. Super close to them, like family and friends, yeah. Exactly. Even if you're like, well, I'm gonna show them, that's still affecting how you move. Cause now you're, operating from a place of revenge. Like I'm trying to show them, like, you're going to see, you're going to see me succeed. Da, 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 da. And then some people, it like, it parallels, it paralyzes them. So like, if someone tells you, oh, everyone wants to start a YouTube channel, like it's so saturated, this market, blah, blah, blah. Then you're going to start operating from a place of fear. So for me, if I'm like on a new venture, I only speak to people who I know can help me. And if you can't help me with it, there's no reason for me to disclose it to you. So, yeah, um, it, I didn't know any YouTubers in real life. So who am I talking to about YouTube? Like, you guys don't even get it anyway. So, um, yeah. yeah, that's really why I think I also wanted it to be, like, my safe haven, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like I said, it was a creative outlet. So it kind of felt like my online diary. And low-key, I... I've never really spoken about this much on the internet, but I started two YouTube channels uh, before this one. And once people I knew in real life found it, I instantly closed it down. Yeah. I was pissed. (laughs) I felt like, why um, are you reading my diary? What are you doing? (laughs) That's how I feel. Sometimes it's easier to talk to strangers, like to tell strangers your business versus like people that are close to you, because then I feel like you think they're going to judge you or maybe yeah. about you. like when you go to therapy, even though it's hard to open up to a therapist, it might mm-hmm. be easier to tell them what you're dealing with because you feel like they won't judge you because they don't really know you as a person. Right. 
yeah. can from another lens. Exactly. They have an unbiased opinion of like what, you know, you're talking about. And I feel like that on the internet too. If anything, I feel like with YouTube, you find kindred spirits. So if I'm talking about business and entrepreneurship, like I'm going to be connected to like YouTube ladies will, might watch. Another lady who's like interested in starting her business will watch. Not like someone I went to high school with who has zero interest. Her only connection to that content is me. I'm not really interested in talking about that with you. So I think that's why I was like, I don't want to talk about it. You'll just find it. I think when people in my real life started finding out about it, I was already like almost at 10K. I was like, yeah, that's my channel. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, at that point you're committed. You're like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But the other times I was under under 2K for both of them, I like shut them down instantly. Wow. Yeah. But I wasn't secure in it. That's why I say keep it secure till it's secure. Were they secure. the same yeah. topics or were you covering something different? <laughs> no. Okay, so the first one, I was in the eighth grade. Do you guys remember hip rolling? Yes. <laughs> Wait, you were hip rolling on the internet? Girl, I was hip rolling on the internet. At, in the eighth grade. Really no. Kind of like, you can't see me do that. No way. Not hip rolling. In the eighth grade? Yes, girl. On Beyonce's internet, I was hip rolling. Girl. In the eighth grade, and my so everyone calls me Lynn, but my full name is Eastland, and it's really unique. So, like, I, I guess like my that. oh, thank, you. thank you so much. But, um, I think my friends were just like googling all of our names on the internet just to see like what pops up, and they searched my first name and found my hip rolling videos. They <laughs> called me and they were like, Oh my god, you dance so good, you're so good. We didn't know that you could hip roll. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, guys. So my mom's calling me. I got to go eat dinner. I hung up the phone instantly. Delete. <laughs> instantly. What was the other one? <laughs> the other one was hair and makeup and fashion and stuff. Um, I had no reason to delete that. I was just at my nephew's, um, his first birthday. And I remember his aunts on his dad's side were like, oh my God, we saw your videos. They were so good. Da, da, da. And I don't know. I just, I felt so invaded. I was like, Okay. So this next clip is from an episode that you all absolutely loved. This episode has been listened to twice as much as any other episode that we've ever put out. Like whatever our average is, like our average amount of listeners every single week or listens per episode, this episode has doubled that and it has maintained that number. Um, like it has maintained its status as double, no matter how much the show has grown, it has maintained its status as double uh, the listens. And you guys have just absolutely loved this episode. I don't, like I do know why. It's a really good episode. It's with Kyra and she talks about money and, um, adjusting your limiting beliefs around money so that you can attract more and you all loved this episode and it was really good I'm not gonna lie it was really good and it was hard to pick a moment this was one of those episodes where it's like I if I could insert the whole episode in here then I would uh, <laughs> but I can't so yeah she she was amazing and I loved having her on the show and I loved um, being able to share her with you all because I had found her on TikTok and I fell in love with her content 
And I was so happy that she came on the show and you guys loved her content, like absolutely loved her content. You all love this conversation, I'll say that. <laughs> so here is a moment um, of her talking about hitting your upper limits and how to push past that. You, I've heard you mention this so many times is everyone has like a upper limit or a money ceiling that is, you know, like their number in their head subconsciously that they cannot allow themselves to make past. So like, how would you, for anyone that's like having a hard time figuring out what their upper limit is, how would you explain it? Like, did I explain that well? Or would you explain it different? Yeah. And then how figure out what their upper limit is? The easiest way to think about your upper limit is just like, think about like the maximum amount of money that you think you'll make this year or like in the next two years or five years, like whatever your goals are, what is that max number? And then like, ask yourself, like, where did that come from? Right. Cause you know, when I look back in nine to five, I was like, Oh, like the max I would ever make is like a hundred thousand dollars a year. And if I made a hundred thousand dollars a year, that's like winning the lottery. Like I would be set for life. And then I was like, Oh, I made that in like literally a few months, like in this business last year, my first business first year. And I was like, Oh, like that's so small. But at the time, it was a maximum glass ceiling for like 29 years of my life, right? So really questioning, like, where does that number come from when you ask yourself, like, what is the maximum number that you have for yourself? And where did that come from, right? Because like, again, like, as we talked about earlier, like the limit that you create is, is only within your mind. So if you think that's the amount, that's the amount you're going to work towards, right? If you think it's going to be 10 million, you're going to be looking for ideas and opportunities that are probably going to accumulate to 10 million, maybe not in one month, but in a much faster period of time than telling yourself, oh, I'm only going to hit a million. Like really ask yourself, like, why are you putting those limits on yourself, right? In terms of the actual upper limits of like finding the reason why you are not creating it, if you are like, kind of like, been stagnant for a while, you've been hitting certain income goals, like the same ones for a while, and you're like, all the strategies there. I'm doing all the right things. I'm working on, you know, moving myself forward. You know, there's something deeper, right? Because at this point, it's it's really just a mindset game. Everything else is it's laid in place, right? The foundation is there, right? So we got to find out like why you don't want to create it, and that's just it going to involve just like deeper work together. Yeah. In this next clip, <laughs> my friend Asia <laughs> was on the show. Asia from, from uh, Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying. I love Asia. Okay, she's the kind of person where it don't matter what y'all are doing together, y'all are going to have a fun time. And that is Asia. Every time we talk, every time, it's just fun. It's just always fun. I can always count on her to make me laugh. And this moment, <laughs> this moment sent me like to this day every time i listen to this this clip i cackle like i cannot help but cackle like it's not it's not something that i can disguise or pretend like it's not funny like it is hilarious every time i hear this um so this is a short little snippet of something that she did and said on the show and y'all loved it too because this clip did numbers when i posted it on tiktok so um, I hope you enjoy this. Um, and I would argue that, like, if you were to do some type of detox or mm. to have more better boundaries with social media and how you use your devices, because you can, that's the thing. People act like you can't delete apps and, uh, like, <laughs> <you know? laughs> uninstall. Hey, 
Right. Log out. Um, log out of them. And then you'll be able to focus and use that yep. time. <laughs> It'll be a lot easier. And like my thing, I don't suffer from any of those um, issues, so I won't speak to that. But I would just check my account balance. Respectfully, <laughs> with all the love in the world. Check your account balance first and see if you've got four hours to look at memes. Check your account balance before you open that Netflix. Just a suggestion. If you robbing Peter to pay Paul, perhaps you don't have the time. Let me go there. I mean, just log out. Like, just, I'm just saying, I just don't get it. Like, I understand. I want to see the show too, but yeah. we are in a time, like I, when I was a kid, if a movie came on TV, Mm-hmm. And you didn't record it like with a VCR, <laughs> yes. you would never see it again. It would I be 14 it, years it. before you, it's just, it's gone. It doesn't exist. We are in 2023 where everything is digital. And I promise you, if you sacrifice and build that business, you will have all the time in the world. I wake up every single day doing whatever the hell I want. I can yep, go watch can every show it. that ever existed. Exactly. If I felt like it. So you can come back to it. You are never missing out on anything when you are busy getting your shit together and getting your shit together in the form of passive income will never steer you wrong. Now, this next moment that I want to highlight is with someone that I really respect and admire a lot. Her name is Sim. She is um, a podcaster and the owner of a media company called Girls That Invest. And she has released her own book as well called Girls That Invest. So I highly recommend you go get it. And this is not even me trying to be do promo. I just really love this, the work that she does. But she was on the show and she shared so much information. Like this is one of my favorites. I don't care how y'all feel about it. This episode was filled with so much practical, good value. Like I feel like a lot of the high level episodes where we're talking about high level conversations and stuff. I love those episodes. They're so fun for me to ha- like have those conversations. But this is one of those episodes where... I know that everything that she said was something that you could utilize right now, no matter who you are. In this clip, she is talking about investing your money into the stock market, and but just helping you overall understand how money works. And that is why I chose this clip, because to me, this was so valuable and it helps you put things into perspective if you don't really understand the importance of investing versus saving. So hopefully you enjoy this. What? Okay. Do you feel like people misunderstand the importance of investing versus saving? Because I know that some people are not sure what to prioritize or how much to do for both or, you know, or what the difference really is. Absolutely. I think so. In um, historically, most of women's wealth is kept in cash. So about 68, so almost 70 percent of what we own, we keep in cash, which um, is not necessarily a bad thing thing if you think about it if you especially if you grow up with immigrant parents um we've we're often taught like save put money away for a rainy day that's the best way um to to grow your money but um there's this thing called inflation which is not our friend and you might have heard of inflation a lot more this year than we ever have in our life before um but inflation basically means that the value of your money chips away usually two percent each year that's normal this year it's chipping away at like seven percent eight percent if you're in the UK 9%. And so what we're seeing is if you have $100, really what you've got at the end of this year is like $93. 
And what you can buy, what $100 could buy you is actually going to be less year by year. Back in the day, $5 could get you a cup of coffee. Now it won't. You know, you might need $8 or $9. That's what inflation does to our money. So the benefit of saving is obviously the security of having that cash available. The downside of saving all your money is that inflation will chip away at it. And that's why people invest. They say, okay, well, the stock market averages about 7% a year. So 7% upwards on my money. Inflation usually drops my money 2% a year. So I've got this 5% buffer that's stopping inflation eating away at my cash. And to determine how much you should put in different places, I just keep cash for my goals. So I have a emergency fund, which is about $5,000. I have like a small goals fund, um, which is just a savings account. And that's maybe like 3000, like that's more like for travel or home renovations right now. And then I just have the money that I like put towards bills and that's all the cash I have. I actually don't have a lot of cash on me. Instead for me, I live a very, I guess somewhat cheap life. Um, so I invest the rest of it into the share market or I put it into a savings account until I'm ready to buy a home, for example, and um, or I invest it back into my business. And so having cash is important, but I think investing is also highly important. And if you're a salaried employer, having a 401k and having a salary match is like free money at this point. Like you've you've got to look into it. Okay, now this clip, um, or the next two clips, are going to be clips of me being a dork. Um, <laughs> any episode where I am literally smiling from ear to ear the whole time, just know that I am on cloud nine, and the teenage version of me is just so thrilled to be in the room like because because of who I'm talking to um so with Alex specifically actually I can't even say there's many other people on here that I've been following since I was a teenager but I know Alex I came across her brand when I was in my freshman year of college and I remember I was just like oh my gosh this is great like this is really genius and I just loved what she was doing. This is with Alex Wolf. Sorry if I didn't say that already. This episode that I'm about to share, or this clip that I'm about to share with you guys, is from when Alex Wolf was on the show. And I absolutely love her. I think she is so, so ahead. Like wherever we're at, we're just never where she is, like mentally. <laughs> like she's always ahead. If you guys hear weird noises in the back, that is truffle. I apologize. He's, I don't even know what he's doing. He's like, doing some weird stuff in the back but um i think that her projections and all of the things that she has predicted when it comes to uh, business or technology or just the way that we interact with social media all of that like she's always been spot on or just way ahead of her time and i was just so honored to be able to sit and have a conversation with her on the show and but also more so I was just happy to be able to be a fangirl in her presence and tell her how much I love her and how much I'm obsessed with her so <laughs> anyways this is a moment of us actually talking about um how great she is and how what she did with Boss Babe is something iconic and that will go down in history so I hope you enjoy this moment of me being a fangirl I just want to give you your flowers because you no seriously yeah because you've you've done something that i think is so pivotal and that is so underrated 
And I think looking back, people will definitely do like TED Talks and dissertations about what you created. <laughs> and I'm sure they already do. But you were a part, a big like trailblazer or like, you know, the kind of like you basically led a whole movement in a way. Like you were one of the leaders in that movement of like making being smart as a woman or an entrepreneur as a woman cool, right? And making it fun and pretty and being able to like, collide these worlds and also be empowering, right? It was mm -hmm. like you were making it a safe space for women to learn, you know, and, and but also like be comfortable in the fact that yes, I'm feminine. No, I don't have to be masculine to get things done. No, I don't have to play in the boys space to get things done. But I'm going to like, take charge and create a new, you know, a new life for myself through being an entrepreneur or striving in my career. Mm -hmm. um, so I I want to know, like, when you created Boss Babe, did you think it was going to become as big as it did? Um, I, I knew it was going to be big. I did because I could just okay. see the trend. Um, I didn't necessarily know how spread out it was going to be, if that makes sense. Meaning, like, oh. the way that Millennial Pink showed up in different magazines and clothes and, and trending palettes or the way that other women took, you know, a very similar concept and made it their own. Like, I, I, I knew that it, it wasn't, I don't even feel like I made it big. It's just that it was, I was in a position to kind of articulate this big thing that was happening. And to your point was kind of like on the forefront of that. But um, yeah, I, it's, it still amazes me. Like I was just joking with a friend the other day, like I'll go to a store, random store and I'll like, they'll have boss babe merch. And like, I wasn't necessarily expecting that. <laughs> right. It's almost, so it's like, to me, there's so many things that you did there. And I kind of want to break it down for people that don't understand how big this is. So one, the color, right. That's yeah. huge. To this day, people milk that dry because they know what that communicates subconsciously to our demographic. Yes. Um, but two, it's kind of like Kleenex, right? Where it's like there is a specific yeah. thing and you kind of change the title of it, right? right? It's not a tissue anymore. It's Kleenex. It's not an entrepreneur woman or whatever. It's a boss babe. Yeah. Um, and then also, too, it's just like you took a concept and made it into a community, made it into like, you know what I mean? So it's like an archetype. You took that and made it into a community. And it's like, this is almost as if someone were to take the whole lucky girl syndrome thing that's on TikTok and make a community out of that. Like you made it into a thing. And so it's so layered what it you is. did, but it's genius. And you had to be there. Like it sounds like you were yeah. there, but trying yeah. to explain this to people who weren't, they just don't really get it. So it's kind of a bond we all had because yeah. I think so many women were like up and coming at that time. And we just remember it. Like we remember, like to me, it, it gives me chills and I'm so honored that I could have been even some slight of motivation to women waking up in the morning and being like, okay, like that quote made me want to like make something happen today. And that's really what was happening. Like I, I would, I would see the DMS, I would see the comments. And so I would love to know the, um, the economic like impact <laughs> that was created just from motivating so many women to pursue their entrepreneurial goals. Okay, this next moment that I want to highlight is, like I said already, I'm also being a fangirl in this moment. And this moment 
Um, it's a little different from Alex because like I haven't been following Nicole since I was in college, but uh, <laughs> but Nicole's impact, her impact is just as strong to me. And I have always admired everything that she's done. But I think this was so much more rewarding um, for me at this moment because Nicole and I have somehow, which is weird to me because I'm like, who am I? But for some reason, she likes me. So, <laughs> so <laughs> and she's a fan of mine. So I was just like, how? How does that happen? Um, but yeah, so I was happy because I'm like, not only do I get excited to talk to her, she was excited to talk to me as well. <laughs> so, so I was um, very thrilled to have this conversation with her. But also, too, like I said, the impact that she's made in the business world for women. Um, and I'll say specifically with doing online business and the way that she has um, basically, like I told her in the episode, I did mention this to her. I was like, you've kind of been the blueprint for people that have started online boutiques. So, um, I think that she is just someone that a lot of us admire and she will always be somebody that we are, you know, lifting up in the online community. So I'm just honored that she came on the show and she shared so much good information. She was so vulnerable and I appreciate that. And in this clip, she is talking about some of the things that she's done to bounce back in her business after falling in love and, you know, being in La La Land. So, so what does a normal day look like for you at this point, like in your career? Oh my gosh, it depends where I am because yeah. I, when I'm here in Loveland and girlfriend, I show up in a different capacity in LA, but when I'm in Miami, I wake up right here on the water and I tell my beautiful man I love him. And then I have a little bit more time. So I go over all the back end of my business, what sold well, what we need more of. So I can relay all of this to my operations manager when she wakes up. So uh, they come into my office at seven. So I let the girls know everything that needs to go on for the day. Um, at seven and then I watch it like a hawk all day. I shoot some content. Uh, I send it over to the girls. They upload it to the site. They're shipping orders. I'm making sure everything is running smoothly when I'm here. And yeah, that's Miami life. Now LA, LA life is 10 times harder. My, <laughs> I wake up at the crack of dawn. I do hair and makeup. My assistant is knocking on my door at eight with um, my personal assistant with coffee. We're going over the day. We're going to get samples. We're shopping. So I have been, um, I told you that last year I had to make some money back after I was over there playing lover girl. So I have got back on my grind. So the, one of the ways that I have been able to, um, really just kill them is shopping shooting and shipping in the same day. Sometimes Ooh. when you go through things in your business, you have to go back to what you know. And when I first started, I used to be in the fashion district at 8.30 in the morning. I would buy it before anyone else could even get the crust out of their eyes. I would shoot it and I would be right back at my vendor to buy out the style before anybody could even know what happened. So the girls wow. on the East Coast couldn't get it shipped to them. The girls on the West Coast weren't even up and down there. So I had to go back to what I know, and I started doing that again. So I'm right there at the district. I'm getting the hottest item. I'm shooting it. I'm getting it out. And rinse and repeat. And that has really, in the past um, 
what is it? We in March that has put me up a 400% in my business. Sometimes you just have to get back on your grind. Wow. Okay. And now we are at moment number 10. This right here, um, this moment I really had to get in my Oprah bag. Okay. Like I, I was like, okay, I have to like, what would Diane Sawyer do? Like, that's what I thought to myself. No, I'm kidding. I'm being really dramatic, but I, <laughs> when I saw Carol's video, this is this this clip is going to be from Carol's episode. This was one of those episodes where it's like if I could throw the whole episode in here, I would. But um, this episode literally just came out. But it so far the response from this episode has been great. Um, it's been really amazing to see the feedback. But this is one of those episodes where. I just knew, like I knew the moment I saw Carol, it was like something clicked in my head where I was like, oh, she has to be on the show. And I've had these moments where I've seen people and I've been like riled up. But when I saw Carol, I was like, oh my gosh. And mind you, the reason I don't think like that is because that's not the, the vibe of the show. Like we don't ever do episodes where we're like getting the, the tea. Like normally we're talking to people about strategy and like life things right but in this case I really wanted Carol to have a place where she could tell her story because I could tell I was like as I'm watching her I'm like there's no way she can explain all of this in a three-minute TikTok video like there's just no way and I feel like there was so much more to it that we were not hearing or understanding and um I just wanted to give her a space to be able to to share it all and she was also grateful. Like when I reached out to her, she was very grateful. She was like, yes, I need somewhere that I can share this story in, in its fullness and make sure that like, it's in, in, in really, I want it to be a resource for her. Like where it's like, if people have questions, she can just send them to the episode so that she don't have to keep repeating herself. And it's like, here, there, here's a place where all the answers are. And I honestly, when we got closer to doing the episode, I was getting nervous because a lot of the people involved in this situation were getting cease and desist letters. Um, or I shouldn't say a lot of the people, but the people that were talking about it on social media, they were getting cease and desist letters from the company, from Opry Nail. And I, that made me nervous because I was like, oh, are they going to try to get this episode taken down? Um, and so far they haven't, thank God. But um Either way, I know this ruffles feathers for her to do this episode, and I know that it took courage for her to do this episode, but ultimately, I'm so happy that she did, and I'm happy that she chose the Wealthy Woman podcast to do it on, because um, the information that she shared, I think, more than anything, it's not just about being messy. One, it was for her to get it out, and she felt like it was healing for her to get it out, but also for you all. Like... I know for myself, when I was going through similar situations like that, I, it would have been so healing for me to hear people like her sharing her story because everyone in your personal life, like nine times out of 10, they haven't gone through that specific situation <laughs> or anything close. So when they're trying to encourage you or trying to make you feel better, they are not, they don't know what it's like to go through that. And so like they can't even say anything that's really going to add that much value. Um, but hearing someone like her share her story, it's probably going to be really comforting for people. Um, or even like, you know, even if you're not going through that, it's like it can help you prevent so much and know how to protect yourself. Because I know a lot of you 
start businesses with your friends or get investors or whatever. And, you know, as women, it's so important for us to know how to protect ourselves in business because we are such amazing creatures and we create create so many amazing things. And um, I just want to make sure that we all, you know, have the resources and the information we need so that we can avoid experiencing things like this, you know? But yeah, so anyways, let's get into the clip. So, okay, so you still own a portion of the company technically, right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So right now, as of right now, are you trying to like get, you know, like let go of that portion of the company and get paid out or do you want to keep your portion of the company? So since <laughs> April 15th yeah, and I got my last check mailed in with my information through yeah i've literally not seen a single penny from the business not a single penny at all whatsoever now as an s corp anybody who's run an s corp knows that there's hefty prepayment taxes that need to be paid on future earnings for the future years Mm -hmm. i'm now delinquent with irs or hundreds of thousands of dollars of tax payments that I cannot pay because I've seen zero dollars from the business. Mm-hmm. But okay, yeah. yes, that's right. So as a shareholder, you have your own taxes that you have. I to have pay. responsibilities exactly. that I have to pay. Exactly. Okay. Um, and typically, what shareholders do in this type of situation, they get money from the company because we're paying on the company's earnings, right? So the company has to give us right. money to like pay those taxes technically, and that's always how it was before now when this happened to me i mean yeah and so after this all happened i was like okay well well, i guess my only option is to get a fair amount for my my portion and i guess restart my life yeah two weeks after i get sued (laughs) i i thought i thought that's what i was okay i'm gonna get go on this plan get get what get the most that i can get for my for my one third share restart my life that's what I thought. That's what was going on in my, in my head during the cruise. Yeah. Then two weeks after I come back from the cruise, I get sued. And as I'm reading the lawsuit, I'm like mind blown. Like it's, it's yeah. truly mind blowing because um, 95% of what was said in the lawsuit is a complete sham and a complete lie. And from what I from what I read, I didn't read all of the things, but mm-hmm. <laughs> from what I read and what I could kind of understand, because um, mm-hmm. it was a lot of technical, you know, legal mm-hmm. jargon in there. But mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of the things. It seems like they were just trying to beat you to the punch, almost like, like a lot of the things that would be accusations about them were put on you, right? They accuse me of embezzling. They mm-hmm. accuse me of stealing money. They accuse me of X Y Z. Um, and they accused me of causing so much damage to the company that it, it, we, uh, profits dropped and da-da-da. And I was like, are these people living on planet Mars? Because if you <laughs> literally just do a very simple financial audit of the sales of that year, I literally grew the company by 60% Yeah, in, like sales numbers, literally. So yeah. I'm not entirely sure where all of this evidence or this data that you guys are pulling your shit from is coming from but it literally goes against literally what has happened in real life now did we invest heavily in the company in that one year oh you bet that was the one year we start we, we 
increase the staff to that level we started. We invested heavily into like a new ERP system and new all these things. And so there was a lot of expenditure out that year that wasn't, that didn't happen in the first six years. Yeah. So will that, will that, will those expenditures then affect the profit margin that you then needs? Of course that will. But yeah. does that mean that the business suffered and the business didn't grow? Mm-mm. No, you guys are not, yeah. you guys don't know your numbers. You guys don't know how business works. Because that um, was all and, done to support the profits you were making, yeah. like so that you could yeah. handle it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a sacrifice that you make in this year and th- in which you hope to recoup in the next couple of years once your strategy is then realized. Right. Right. And so I would hardly call that as a loss to the company because the company still made astronomical profits as compared to the year before. Yeah. And so when I read, and did you read the last um, page of the lawsuit in which they are claiming a half a million dollars of damages that they want me to pay them? Have you ever heard of that? When my dad read that, my dad literally died of laughter. My dad was like, wow, think of all of the different CEOs that have been that have been at other companies that maybe they have all these massive scandals or whatnot. They're literally paid out the wazoo and given like these yes. reference packages to quietly go away. Right. They did no, the exact no, no, opposite no. with you. <laughs> so to them, not only do I get nothing for going away, I now need to pay them and reimburse them. Okay, you think that the CEO did a bad job? Pony up. Wow. What? Like, what? Like, what are these people thinking? Like, I I literally cannot make this stuff up. I literally cannot make this stuff up. They literally just, like, walk themselves into this nightmare that they've created for themselves because it's like if you if they had just like tried to do it the right way or or like you said try to pay you severance or something but now they've opened this whole can of worms because it's like the audacity the audacity for you to come and do all of this when Mm -hmm. you were the backbone of the company and you grew Mm -hmm. it to that point like Mm-hmm. that's just insulting honestly i i mean if if you were me i would just be insulted because this is insane. incredibly yeah incredibly it's you know my biggest gripe with this whole thing yeah is how it was handled right i know that i shot myself in the foot four years ago when i when i allowed myself to be manipulated into signing that shitty ass deal i know that i've accepted that but it didn't have to be handled in this way. You don't have to stab someone. You don't have to throw a nuclear bomb at them. You don't have to do it in this way right. to then try to take everything. At least let the person be able to survive. Right. At least let the person be able to continue on with their lives. Right. That That's just so crazy. Like, it's it's insane honestly like in in especially be considering the type of relationship you all had for them mm-hmm. to want to put you in this position and mm-hmm. now it's like you are just trying to figure out a way out of this hole that they've created mm-hmm. for you you know mm-hmm. and so i don't blame you i don't blame you for coming out with your story sharing everything because that's what that's the one thing you have left is your story mm-hmm. and you know like mm-hmm. th- that's insane I was trapped under fear for this last year. I had no idea any of these things could happen to me. So I was so trapped under fear. I was like, oh my goodness, 
what else could happen to me? I was so afraid that they would just sue me into oblivion for all these different things and that I would, I would lose what little I had left to continue to take care of my kids. And I was just waiting. I was waiting. I was like, okay, let's just resolve this. Let's, let's just figure this out. Let's just like end this as soon as we can and just all move on with our lives. And then nothing happened. It was literally delay after delay, after extension, after extension, after extension, after extension, after extension. And I'm sitting here telling my lawyer, like, um, when are we ever going to like talk about mediation? When are we ever going to talk about these things? Like, when are we ever going to get to that point? Can we do the audit now? Like, I, right. So you can move on. And, but this is what happens when we tell one lie in the beginning, when we tell one lie in the beginning, we then need to tell a million other lies to cover the original lie. And the thing about it is that they are trying to do their ultimate best to avoid the financial audit in any way that they can, hence yeah. the delays, hence the extensions. Yeah. Because they don't want me to get to the point where I can do the financial audit. They want me to go bankrupt. Yeah. Um, before we can before I can force it to that point. Because right. they know that the minute they do the audit, that all those lies will come to the surface. I'm I'm certain of it. Oh yeah, I absolutely. Spent the last year investigating, and I know my shit, and that's why now I feel comfortable coming out to tell my story because I know that I'm not lying. I yeah. know that these—it's not just only my truth mm-hmm. and my side of the story. This is literally the very realistic facts of what happened. Yeah, in the situation, it's not a subjective story it's literally the cold hard truth of exactly how it happened yeah so since you since you posted your tiktok videos i know that that's Mm -hmm. ruffled their feathers and they sent you like a Mm -hmm. cease and desist and all this stuff but Mm -hmm. um has that sped up any momentum in the case at all or no it has sped up momentum on my side. Okay. okay. <laughs> they think they they think that they're the only two people that can send out lawsuits. They think that they're the only people who can sue people. Okay. okay. <laughs> this is a two way street. This is a two way street. Um, and I don't know why they ever thought that this was a good idea because they've been business partners with me for seven years. They know me. Yeah. They know my personality. They know that I never give up. They know that I'm a firecracker. They know that I have a big mouth. They know that I will never stop yeah. fighting for what is right and what is mine. Yeah. As as you should. Like of course. This is this they... is something that you really built from the ground up and you deserve what you you know you like you deserve to get whatever it is that's owed to you and then some for your troubles mm-hmm. and time wasted mm-hmm. and all of that so those were the top 10 moments i hope that those were good i hope that y'all felt like those were like some of the top 10 moments if you felt like i missed something good let me know what it was uh and if you want to listen to any of those episodes i will have them listed in the description of this episode so that you can find them um or you can just look for the person's name. That's always easy. Like just scroll through our uh, feed and look for the person's name and you'll be able to see the episode. But um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this. Thank you so much for sticking with us for a year. And I can't wait for year two. This is exciting.